Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Rank Up, an on-page SEO podcast where we talk about technical SEO, content optimization, search engine news, and much more. And a happy new year to everybody listening, uh, as this is our first episode of 2022. My name is Ben Gary, and I am joined by Ed Wilson. How are you, Ed? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. How are you? I'm good. How's the new year treating you so far? Uh, yeah, very well. Um, feel quite organised. I'm still in love with Notion, so it's uh, <laughs> helping me uh, get started into the new year. So yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah, I was very thankful for some notes that past Ben had left me when I came back after Christmas because <laughs> it was definitely a struggle to get my head back in the game for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, I'm also joined by Olivia Mayfung. How are you, Liv? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I know Ed's already asked you that. Ed but... has already asked. <laughs> I am still good. I have actually, while talking to Ed, reclined further on the sofa that I'm sitting on. So I'm possibly more relaxed than I was 10 seconds ago. Oh, I'm glad. How has the start of 2022 been for you? I know you had some extra time off, so you're a bit fresher to it than uh, Ed and I are at this stage. Yeah, I'm feeling good. So I started back last Friday and I still haven't downloaded Notion yet, but I feel like I'm one aesthetic TikTok away from downloading it because <laughs> all the time I just see I, I'm seeing everybody loving it and I feel like I'm almost there but not quite yet no we've, she FOMO. Yeah. we've already had a whole team huddle uh, dedicated to looking at each other's notions and sharing ideas it's it's becoming a big thing now <laughs> it's so good you've got to do it that can be your first tip for 2022 is invest in Notion. You don't even have to invest. It's free. Just try it. Yeah. <laughs> not sponsored. Um, but not, not sponsored now, unfortunately. Um, but as you, as you may have already been able to tell, this is not a regular episode. We do not have a guest to interview. Um, we are doing, as we did last year, uh, our look back at 2021 and look ahead to 2022 in this episode. Um, this is... Hopefully not going to be your sort of regular just rehashing of everything that's already been discussed over the last year. Uh, a lot of these topics have already been talked about at length in various publications and, and even on this podcast. Um, but what we really want to get to are the practical takeaways that are still going to be affecting the industry into this year. So what are the, uh, what's the lasting impact of the changes that we've seen? What do we still need to worry about uh, or, or concern ourselves with? what's not having so much of a lasting impact and what other changes might we expect to see in 2022. So to kick that all off uh, and in lieu of the standard introductory sections that we would normally do with a guest, uh, we're bringing back a section that we haven't done since the early days of the Rank Up podcast, uh, our SEO snog, marry and avoid, uh, looking back at some of the big themes of 2021. Uh, so I'm going to start by throwing this over to you, Ed. Your three choices for Snog, Marry, Avoid SEO 2021 are Core Web Vitals, AI-generated content, and Infinite Scroll. How are you going to split those up? Okay, uh, so I think I would marry Infinite Scroll. I think it's a, a great introduction just in terms of user usability. I'm a big fan of user uh, Infinite Scroll and you know, browsing websites, it allows yeah. me to get to a range of options much quicker. So, yeah, not too sure how it's going to impact click-through rates and stuff like that, which I think is an interesting topic. So, yeah, uh, marry infinite scroll. I would like to snog uh, AI-generated content. I think it's yeah. a, an interesting area when done well. I think it certainly has its obviously downfalls in terms of, well, you know, we can certainly see it in the search space and, and ranking uh, what ranking serves at the moment in terms of you can clearly tell some articles are clearly AI generated, but I still think there's there's quality content that can be generated at scale through this format. So yeah, a yeah. bit of a trend, but I would snog that. And then I would avoid core web vitals. I think you know page speed and usability is obviously important, but in terms of the impact that we saw across the search space and how much, how many not just SEOs, but companies invested in this area, mm. just trying to focus on shifting metrics slightly. Um, yeah, I think from what I saw, it was a lot of wasted investment that didn't have too much of an impact. So, Yeah, that's a really good insight, actually. It, it certainly continues to be a heavily discussed topic, certainly just in day-to-day in -day work, let alone around the industry. Uh, and yet, as you say, 
the the real impact has been quite minimal other than i think kind of there, there was some maybe movement at the extreme positive and negative end of the scale but not much else uh, which is weird given how much buzz it had in the lead up and Liv, over to you now uh, have you got any different answers to ed there so ever so slightly different i would say snog infinite scroll just because Though we are still waiting for it to be rolled out globally, you know, it's not here in the UK yet. Um, and I am really excited to see how it will affect click-through rate for those sites that are maybe ranking cusp of page one and beyond. I think it will be one of those things like when it's implemented, um, that's that. Okay, happy days and we'll carry on. Whereas yeah. I want to marry AI generated content as well. Ooh. Because I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have to be very strategic with AI generated content, you know, in the same way that we're always talking about AI and robots are coming for our jobs. Yeah. As SEOs, we're going to have to become really well knowledge in how AI works for us. Yeah. So as a long-term strategic move, I'm going to marry AI. I can then... I just say I really thought you were going to say that just like we have to be strategic in who we marry. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was how you'd set that up. Oh, and I'm no. glad it didn't go in that direction. But I thought it might. <laughs> <laughs> but and then finally, I'm going to say again, like Ed, avoid core web vitals because kind of touching on like the how, how the whole of 2021 was or maybe the industry's um, reaction to a lot of the core algorithm updates that we have. There is always almost like a bit of panic, whether it's coming from the SEOs or whether it's coming from our clients. And like Ed said, you know, unless you were on the real, real like top end or the bottom end of the scale, there wasn't really that much movement. So yeah. it's adding a lot of unnecessary stress to not only the SEOs, but the developers that end up having to work with us to implement changes. So yeah, completely avoid. Obviously, I yeah. do agree. Page experience and speed, super important. But for this, I'm going to say avoid core web vitals. Yeah, nice. Well, I think I'm going to take a slightly different approach to both of you here. I'm going to say, I'll say I'm, I'll marry infinite scroll because I don't see any downside to infinite scroll, really. Um, I don't think it'll take, I don't know if there's anything we particularly need to do for it. Uh, but for SEOs, I really just think it'll be all upside because it, it may well mean that at least our page two rankings and possibly below that actually get a bit more value out of them from mobile which would be which would be great to see because at the moment it's kind of like when you're reporting on success you you largely have to ignore everything below page one um so any more value out of that uh, any more traffic that we can get for our clients and kind of just results we can see from our work is great and i'll be happy to see that sticking around for the long term um i'm also gonna i'm gonna be slightly different uh, and maybe this is I don't know, maybe this is expected or not from me as a content specialist, but I'm going to snog core web vitals and avoid uh, AI-generated content. Uh, I'll snog core web vitals because while I, while I agree with everything you've both said, uh, and we've already said that has not had a huge impact, there's been a lot of talk about it, all of that stuff, um, I think you, you've got to pay attention to it every now and then, and there will be certain clients that you can't ignore it for feels like it's not going away i know google is tweaking some of the metrics so it's going to have to be something that we keep coming back to whether we like it or not really every now and then uh and certainly there will be clients i think uh may if not now then in the future where it will be a consideration um if, especially if clients aren't set up well for it um and also avoid ai generated content um just because as a, as a content writer, it just annoys me a little bit seeing some of the content that AI puts out. I'm sure it will get better in the future. But I just look at that and I'm like, how can we present that to, to readers? And like, who's going to see that and think that's good? I, I know it has its uses. I know for things like meta descriptions, maybe product descriptions, it's a bit better. But I, I'm actively offended by seeing things like an AI-generated blog post at this stage. And I just cannot go anywhere near that. I, if I had to create a predictions on your picks, I would have definitely predicted that you would avoid AI-generated content. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I agree with you to a certain extent, but I also think um, there will be a, a point where we get to a, a good standard 
um, yeah. in, in this area. And like you said, I think that does already exist in certain places. It's just a case that because it, it, of its like spike at the moment, there's just a lot of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, when when we come back to this in a year's time, maybe maybe I'll look back, maybe we'll be advanced enough then that I'll be able to change my answer. But no, for now... I think especially with informational content, just please, please don't, don't do that through an AI tool. So yeah, we got some nice different answers there. I was quite happy with that. Some different takes. Uh, although I think it's fair to say we all quite like infinite scroll. That's probably the one thing that came out of it. Uh, so it would yeah. be good to see that in the UK soon. Um, and now we're going to go into our review of 2021. Um, so what we've done here is uh, we've taken... Um, a few different uh, headlines throughout the year, uh, which we've actually taken from, uh, if you'll excuse a quick plug here, uh, the, uh, on the Impression blog, we have regular uh, Google and algorithm update blogs, um, which come out every month, and they summarize the headlines and give some key takeaways from changes that happened in the previous month. Uh, so what we did is we went back over those blogs, had a look at everything from 2021, and picked out all of the headlines that we thought uh, that, that we thought looked interesting to discuss now. So I'm going to run through those really quickly. Uh, we'll pick out any of them uh, that we've individually thought are quite interesting to talk about a little bit more and how they continue to impact us. Uh, and then we'll have a quick look back at the some of the predictions that Ed and I made in 2021 as well to see how well that uh, you know to see how well we did there. Um, so I'll quickly run through these, and then we'll pick out uh, some of the ones we want to talk about. So we had, quite early on, we had uh, the page experience update in the first half of the year. Um, we also had, around the same time, the June 2021 core algorithm update and the July 2021 core algorithm update. Uh, so there was a couple of months period there, which I'm sure will live long in the memory of most SEOs who were working at the time, as we had at least three major updates uh, around the same time. Uh, and a link spam update around a similar time shortly after as well. Um, so it was very, very difficult for a period of time to know exactly what was going on, where our websites would end up, and what on earth was actually leading to the changes that we were seeing because there were so many different things that it could be. Uh, we also saw Google moving away from AMP in 2021, uh, kind of making it a lot less important in, uh, in its mobile rankings and you know, how much publishers needed to pay attention to that. There was a big storm for a couple of weeks around Google rewriting title tags. Uh, they've been rewriting meta descriptions for ages, but they started doing it with title tags as well. And um, a lot of SEOs got very concerned about that. We had SERP layout changes throughout the year as search became generally more visual with more space given to uh, images or just rich results in general. Google revised their quality rater guidelines um, where it was working to expand what it includes within your money or your life content. Um, and EAT, while being important from beforehand, that's expertise, authority, and trust, uh, remained critical when publishing content relating to anything that's included now in this expanded definition of your money or your life, which I know Liv is keen to touch on shortly. Um, we saw the first rollouts of continuous scroll, as we've started to talk about. Uh, we had another algorithm update as a treat for Black Friday, uh, which was exactly the time when everybody in digital marketing wanted to be dealing with, a, with an algorithm update. Uh, and to round out the year, we also had another update specifically targeting uh, product review content. There will certainly have been things that we've missed there, but those are the big headlines that we wanted to mention. Um, so Liv, I'll come to you first, because I know you've highlighted quite a few things here, and I know you wanted to talk about algorithm updates especially. Uh, so what were the big takeaways for you from what we've just heard there for 2021? Yeah, so I think the main thing that I wanted to cover was, though there is obviously a lot of merit and, um, you know, the, some importance has to be placed on the fact that we had so many core algorithm updates in 2021 mm. I think we need to think about how it affected our industry and the people working within the industry as well so you know when these updates would come and you'd go on to SEO Twitter or digital marketing Twitter you'd see loads of memes of people you know panicking yeah I'd, I'd see the ones where it was like that dog in the room that was on fire all the time <laughs> and you know you I, I think as people that have been in the industry for a little while like you 
you can take that with a pinch of salt. You know that it's just joking. But we don't think about the people who have come into the industry recently or perhaps have started um, roles in digital marketing whilst working remotely during the pandemic. And we don't think about how that could be affecting their work-life balance or just Mm. burnout in digital in general. And I just think, yes, like I said, we have to pay attention to these updates, but there's no use in panicking and there's no use in trying to panic others when we can only control what's within our control. And as SEOs that work agency side, what we can do inform our clients, let them know that there is an uh, algorithm update happening, let them know that we will be checking on performance. But ultimately, those are things without our, that are not in our control. We have to yeah. you know, take these things with a pinch of salt. Yeah. What do you what, what do you personally do or what do you recommend doing when you see news of an algorithm update to, I suppose, to stay informed, um, but still protect your own sort of mental well-being and work-life balance and everything you've mentioned there firstly breathe you know it's not the end of the world um that this algorithm update is coming and then secondly you know inform your clients let and let them know that it's going to happen um or it is currently happening Mm. and then again just reiterating that you know some of these things you know what google might release is out of our control However, what we can control is that we're going to monitor your performance and we will let you know if things drop off because you always want to be the first person that informs your client if something's changing or if there are fluctuations. But that is ultimately all you can do and then just make sure that you're just checking on performance. Yeah, yeah, those are really good points. And Ed, just to bring you in here as well, I know you've been in, in the industry for a long time and seen lots of of major algorithm updates do you have anything to to add there is there anything you find helpful when when navigating big changes like this yeah i think the thing that i I think i've just helped through experience is just not reacting to it too quickly i think um previously in the past i've had people you know on that that launch of the algorithm update or a few days later suddenly be like Liv said that dog with the the fire inside the house (laughs) and um i think that can you know obviously cause um a lot of stress and uh, and worry about you know a website dipping and not being able to you know recover it in time and I think that can lead to people to rush into changes whereas actually whereas actually you know now these algorithm updates are rolled over a series of you know three to four weeks or sometimes even longer so I've certainly seen in that you know in that time websites you know performance decrease slightly but then only go on to return based on no changes anyway whereas actually if you start rushing around making changes it could actually impact performance in the long term so I would I think it's important to uh, aggregate the data pull in everything in that time frame um, but I wouldn't rush into making decisions based on you know a few days of, of negative performance allow you know certainly look to you know take that data inform stakeholders anyone that is wanting to understand the situation but i would actually start to build an action plan you know following more of a settled period after the algorithm update um i think that's just a bit of a more sensible uh, route to take when algorithm yeah updates go live yeah yeah that's really good advice uh, and just to throw this out to to both of you whoever wants to take it um has there been any real lasting practical takeaways from these algorithm updates this year because i'm i'm struggling to think of really concrete things that we didn't already know uh, when we're talking about the broad core updates specifically um i guess from from what i've seen we always say in terms of like the fundamentals of church, of search don't change i think like the adapt, uh, adaptations in terms of eat uh, eat coming in in uh, previous years has, has been a key consideration in terms of how your, I guess, website, company, et cetera, entity is, is, is kind of uh, established online or what people think of it. I think that's obviously been brought to the mold and then previous algorithm updates throughout the years, Penguin, Panda focused on more around like the content and the backlinks area. But in terms of specific themes, I think anyone that works super closely to SEO and testing will notice maybe subtle like hints as to what people have been targeted through whether it be Mm. really in depth in terms of like anchor text 
you know, profiles or anything like that. But to me, I think like the, I, we always say it, the fundamentals haven't changed in terms of what has impacted a, a search, a, a website's organic performance in, in search. So um, to me, I don't think there was any major areas that you, you would think as a, as a big scope, but that was just me personally. Yeah. Yeah, and to touch on that as well, you think about all the times when Google announced on Twitter or announced on their blog that a algorithm update is coming. And when people ask for advice or ask what they should be doing, like Ed said, you know, that then we don't suggest to implement any big changes at that point because you wouldn't be able to understand what has affected traffic whether it's increased or decreased and then you when whenever you see google tweet about these algorithm updates they always link back to that same blog where mm-hmm. it's reiterating you know that good practice seo not engaging in any black hat techniques and stuff is always going to be the fundamentals of making sure that y- your traffic stays relatively stable yeah. i mean obviously aside from the page experience update i think that is the main thing that you just got to take away like you know don't engage in low quality spammy techniques. Yeah. So let's move on to that update that you teed up quite nicely there. And I'll throw this one back to you, Ed. Um, mm-hmm. The page experience update, this was what actually tying into one of our own predictions for 2021, which I think is a fairly easy prediction for us to make, that Core Web Vitals would be important this year. Um, so how did that actually play out? And now going into 2022, how much do you think people should be paying attention to this still? I think there's a, a, I think overall there was a big expectations from the Core Web Vitals update. So I think everyone was not, I think because Google delayed it due to the pandemic. I think it was previously going out in 20, uh, early, in previous months anyway, to, to what mm. it actually did. Um, and there was a big expectation. Well, there's rumors of a big expectation that was going to shift a lot of um, search engine result pages in terms of the impact on it on websites. Um, when it did go live, it was more of a, a phased rollout, as we're more, is what we commonly see with algorithm updates. So I think it was like a month to two months of the, the rollout, and it's probably something that's going to be constantly refined as as the years go by. But actually, from what I saw, there wasn't too much of a shift. We've analysed websites across the board in terms of those with you know a, a poor performance, those with good performance, in terms of individual pages as well, and the scoring. Uh, we also did that publisher uh, report, I know, last, yeah. last year in terms of analysing the reports. But again, from what I could see, it was a lot of um, websites worried, well, companies slash websites worried um, and invested a lot into the space just to move specific needles uh, to say, go from yeah. like orange to green, et cetera. Um, but again, I would have only advised investment in this area if you were, you know, significantly in a bad place so for example really low scores across the specific metrics and i would always advise for people to use the actual crooks um auditing so actually using chrome user experience report to understand what users were experiencing across you know lcp fid and cls across these areas as well but i think actually when we got into the space and i've I've had feedback most uh, from um you know people speaking to me that they said that they they made a significant investment in this and just saw no saw no returns from it um yeah. and also those websites that i think saw um that were say average in the space again didn't really knew that they, well, kind of predicted that they didn't think it was going to shift it up and, and again saw no negative impact from it so again i think it's it's just an area that it's just an area that i think will probably continue to be important i think you know always focus on new x and page speed will only benefit the user but i think in in this realm it was one an area that if you're in a, a good space uh well an okay or to good space i don't think you're going to be negatively impacted by it and i also think from an expectation from a an enterprise company or a website with a huge tech stack scoring highly across these metrics is a really unrealistic expectation um there's so much you need to change so much you need to invest in so i saw certain websites just completely tear, tear up their like like whole infrastructure of their website just to score you know, little needles on, on the green spaces. So, yeah, it's it was a, an interesting time. Like I said, I do think it's an important area to assess. Like you said at the start, I think it's an important area to assess and monitor. But I wouldn't invest significant resources and tear up the website just to kind of move needles in this space. But I think most people uh, would would be 
you know, quite sensible with that anyway. Um, but like I said, you review your, uh, your crooks data and make sure that your users are having a good experience. If yeah. it's if it's okay, that's I think that's fine. Improve it over time if needs be with new website iterations or anything like that. But I certainly wouldn't, you know, build my SEO strategy around shifting little needles to to get into green spaces. That's awesome. Thanks, Ed. A very a very measured take that I think would be be helpful for people to listen to. Uh, and I'm going to stick with you for the final update before Liv. I'll come to you after that for uh, the EAT stuff. Um, but the product review update, which is the most recent one, uh, I know you were keen to touch on that, Ed. Uh, and again, what, what's the impact there? And this one, you know, to me, reading this seems like a bit more of a niche update. So where where is this important for sort of typical SEO clients and the, the businesses that most of us will be working with? I think I think this actually impacts. So I didn't have any like experience of a client being impacted by this, but I certainly saw across the space a lot of affiliate websites being impacted by this. Um, it was okay. interesting to see the actual overall impact of websites that have built product guides or advise um, you know potential web traffic and users on you know why this is a good product and you know why you need to buy it buy it and then either link into a, an Amazon product URL or et cetera to another website that offers a, an affiliate scheme. And yeah, yeah I, I certainly saw a big space in this. I know, um, I think it's Lily Ray did um, um, the November, well, the update on visibility on Twitter most recently and actually saw a lot of big US merchants benefiting from it because what they saw was a lot of affiliate websites um, being losing their like performance in this space, whereas the likes of Walmart and other e-commerce websites um, actually with like buying guides or actually just the category pages start ranking well for, you know, your classic okay. best running shoes or et cetera like that. So I think what this is highlighted um, and it will always be improved upon now is there was, um, I know over the years, a lot of people who um, kind of SEOs is like maybe a side gig or people wanting to, you know, learn about the web and make money online have been invested in kind of that affiliate space. Yeah. I think that the bar has been set higher in terms of what is required to, to rank well in this space. If you're looking to create product guides now, it needs more investment. You can't just go away and copy other websites off the internet in terms of what's good about that specific product more than ever. And I think this could be said about a lot of the things and not just product guides, but there needs to be that investment in content, potential yeah. videos, tables of information, advising the user why this is a product, a, a, a good product, which I guess uh, falls in the lines with EAT as well. So I think we certainly saw, uh, yeah, certainly saw a shift up in the affiliate space and now what's yep. required now, even from e-commerce websites now, is if you are creating product guides, buying guides, et cetera, is to, it's just more investment in that content as to advising and educating the user of why they should part with the money to, to buy this and why it should, would be good for them. So what you're saying is don't just get an AI tool to generate it for you. <laughs> yeah, effectively, yes. <laughs> good takeaway. <laughs> no, that is really useful. Thanks, Ed. Uh, and I suppose there, there may well be some SEOs out there who are quite happy to see their clients gaining. Uh, as a result of this, which I suppose would have been a nice Christmas present for them. Um, Liv, one of the one of the final major things we wanted to touch on that I know you highlighted here was the uh, revision of Google's quality rater guidelines. So what was it that stood out for you there and, and what do businesses need to be aware of? Yeah, so the one thing that I found um, that I really wanted to raise awareness to was that Google, in their new revision of the quality rater guidelines, is that they've worked to expand it's notions of your money, your life, so okay. um, acronym YMYL, to include various different identities and soci socioeconomic conditions. So, in the past, the in in the past revision of it, they in your money, your life, they had a section about groups of people, and that included that that meant that it was any content that was was related to race, religion, ability, disability, okay. age, nas nationality, and all that stuff. And they've expanded it now to also include things like gender expression, immigration status, sex and gender, and also victims of a major viol violent event and their kin. So I think the reason I wanted to touch on this is because as SEOs that predominantly work with businesses, we, when we think about YMYX, we, all, we often can sometimes be quite pigeonholed in thinking that these are just websites that will 
that are maybe in the financial sector yeah. or that they are, you know, in the your life area, maybe just to do with health. Whereas, yep. you know, it it it's a lot wider than that. And it's a lot more, you know, I think essentially all businesses kind of really have to think about their why and why out. Because I've, I've spoke to businesses in the past that think that they don't apply in this sector when I think everybody has to. And I think it's just one of those things that, EAT is going to be even more crucial when publishing content to any of those groups of people that we've just mentioned. But just in general, when it comes to publishing content, because we can't just, you know, it's 2022 now, like we can't just be producing content for the sake of it and thinking that because it's high quality content that it will rank well, people and especially Google are going to want to know that this has been written or as it has at least been authored or reviewed by somebody that's trustworthy within this sector. Mm. That's a really good point. Now, thank you for that. I think a, a lot of people may well have missed some of the nuances in those quality rated guideline updates and that expansion of your money or your life. Um, certainly things which we would hope we would be considering from a human perspective anyway. Um, but it's it's good to see things like that get recognition in Google as well, because hopefully it will just increase the quality of what we see on the web, which is good for everyone. Yeah, definitely. The final thing we just wanted to mention, uh, which I was actually interested in picking out from the 2021 run through, was the uh, rewriting title tags um, storm that hit uh, that, that hit the SEO industry, particularly the the subsection of the SEO industry that you see popping up on Twitter. Uh, this certainly blew up um, last year and in many cases for for good reasons uh, because the title tags on our pages are seen as an important element for our keyword targeting. Uh, they're one of the first things that people see when they find our websites in search results. Uh, and all of a sudden, this thing which Google had largely left alone, uh, maybe with the exception of sticking brand names on the end of a title tag, uh, this area that had largely been left alone suddenly started to be affected by all of this title tag rewriting, uh, which in many cases didn't seem to be improving the quality of what was happening. I, I think that was one of the key issues there. Um, and well, I just found this very interesting, partly just as a case study of, of updates and things kicking off in the industry, because it really was massive for a couple of weeks. And then since then, I barely heard a whisper about it. Um, but it's still going on. Uh, it's still it's still happening. Google's still rewriting title tags. And I think it's safe to assume at this point that it's not going to stop because these changes don't often get reversed. Um, so with all of that now in the past in terms of the, the big kind of hoo-ha about it, um, for 2022, I just wanted to kind of touch on this again, say this is still something to maybe keep an eye on. I think it's worth if you have uh, certain tools uh, will allow you to see where your title tags are being changed or just manual checking can help you see as well. Um, it's worth keeping an eye on it where you think it might be affecting click-through rate and traffic. Um, it shouldn't really be affecting your rankings, as far as I'm aware, unless Ed or Liv, you know anything differently. Um, but it, it could affect the experience that people are having when they see your site for the first time. It could affect their willingness to click on those results if Google is changing the title tag to something that doesn't really make sense uh, or just isn't as good as the things around you. Um, so I'd recommend keeping an eye on it. And if you do see that your title tags are being changed on a regular basis, uh, Google has issued some advice about this, um, which largely boils down to uh, keep your title tags consistent, keep the brand name in there, um, keep them, uh, I don't know if they mentioned this or not, but generally the, the best advice is to keep them within the sort of recommended character limit of around 60 characters. Um, and generally, you then have to hope that Google will leave them alone. Uh, it's not always the case. Google does sometimes still change even the, the best optimized title tags, but that's what you can do to set yourself up as well as possible. Um, and the other thing that people saw some success with was optimizing the H1 tags on the pages that were affected uh, because many of the title tags were being replaced with the H1, and Google was taking the H1 and then sticking the brand name on the end, and that was the new title tag. Um, so I know there were case studies out there of people addressing this by optimizing their H1s and they were able to see a restoration of some of the performance that was lost because the, the H1s were essentially performing the same function that the title tags used to and they were able to regain a bit of control over that as well. Um, Ed or Liv, I don't know if you, if you saw any of this particularly impacting clients or you've tried to do anything to address this or if it's something that you've just had to sort of accept that Google is now doing and it, it hasn't 
majorly changed anything for you? Um, I didn't see it personally uh, across uh, any clients. Um, I did a few uh, checks on it. I think, as you mentioned there, there's quite a few cool things you can do to, to check it out. I've just seen like basic um, Google Sheet functions in terms of analyzing um, titles on the website versus titles in the SERPs, which is just a really easy uh, thing to do to analyze how much it's impacting your website so yeah. yeah i think there's a few cool ways that you can use google sheets just to analyze that and see if it's impacting you or not yeah yeah that's awesome so yeah something maybe this is a, a new thing to just work into some of the checks that you're doing for clients it could be something you work into your auditing process and uh, some of the recommendations that you make but again i i don't think this is something to to worry too much about as Liv has said uh previously with algorithm updates more generally th this isn't something to I think get into a lot of problems over it's it's happening it's going to continue happening um but there are ways to address it that don't take too much time or or energy um and that that kind of brings us to the end of the summary of uh big things we saw in 2021 that are still hanging over us now and before we go into looking ahead to 2022 um, I just wanted to touch on mine and Ed's uh, predictions from last year. Um, so we've already spoken about page experience and core web vitals maybe not being as impactful as we expected, uh, although it was certainly a big conversation topic. Um, well, I know one of the things that I mentioned was the uh, importance of search intent. Um, and I, I think I'm surprised, uh, Liv, Ed, I don't know if you've seen this as well, of how big a topic I think search intent became in, in 2021. Was this just me or did you see signs of this too? Yeah, I think what I think the biggest influence that I could see that, you know, a lot of content topics online were produced in terms of articles and blogs and how people can look to measure this even further. But I even think from an investment in from the SaaS perspective, we saw the likes of SEMrush integrate this with more tools in terms of yes. the informational navigational area. A few uh, a few other tools that have recently came out, which I think are great in terms of advising user of search intent. So I think more than ever, I think that informs you that it is a, I think when we say trending, I feel it's like a bit of a bad word because I don't think it is going to go away. But if anything, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's for the greater good of the SEO world and and, and the content world because it actually really focuses on the user. So I, I think it's trending in a good way and it's and it's certainly here to stay. It helps SEOs uh, focus on like that end goal of satisfying the user. And like I've said there, I think you could see that that from other tools invested in this space because clearly there's a demand for SEOs or content writers to understand uh, the SERPs, the content they're producing and making sure that it's yeah, satisfying that end goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when you think about um, how how much our industry has boomed over the last couple of years in the pandemic, where a lot of businesses are now realizing that you know they need that investment in SEO and digital marketing, in you know as bricks and mortar sh stores haven't been able to be accessed over the last couple of years or so. Yeah. I think it's very easy when you're in the beginning process of engaging in SEO to just think okay, well, here's a really high search volume keyword. I want my business to rank for this. And it's really easy for a client sometimes to say that to their a prospective SEO agency and be like, I want to rank first page for this. And you have to, you know, set the backdrop of saying, you know, drawing in that search intent and saying, well, that might not necessarily give you the goals that you're looking for. Yeah. So I think it all just ties in with the fact that, like Ed said, like Ed was saying, like the, the SEO world is just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. I think to look ahead to 2022 with this as well now, because I, I think 2021, if that was the year where everybody became aware of this and every tool started doing it, then I think 2022 is maybe where this starts to become more nuanced. Uh, and I think there's a lot of ground to gain at the moment by not just taking the search intent labels that the tools give you and taking that as the truth uh, or the whole truth, um, but to see that actually there is that search intent does not stay the same over time. This is something that Rejoice spoke about on the last episode in her content repurposing section, uh, that search intent can change and that you can make gains from going back and optimizing content that has already been created uh, where you've recognized that the search intent has changed or where you see that there may be like a seasonal, uh, that was something that Rejoice mentioned, like a seasonal shift uh, that you're seeing where you can reposition the content each season. Um, and also recognizing that in a lot of cases, the search intent is more complex than the single label that a tool will give you. 
Um, Ed, you mentioned uh, SaaS businesses. Um, well, you mentioned it in the in the sense of tools uh, bringing this in, but actually, SaaS businesses that we work with often have some incredibly complex search intent to deal with themselves. Uh, these are the, the kind of results where you see reviews and best of guides, and also companies trying to get their product pages ranking on page one. And it's this real soup of different search intents, and it's very difficult to navigate. Um, mm. So, really, doing your research and understanding how your business fits into that soup and where your business can offer value that no one else in the search results is while still keeping it consistent with what a user would expect to find. I think that's where we'll really see value in 2022, uh, which I quite like. I like it when these things get a bit more nuanced and interesting. Uh, and hopefully there's a lot of ground for people who are willing to put in the extra time to, um, uh, to really understand their industries. I think they could see a lot of res- good results there. Yeah, I think, it, like I said, I think it's for the greater good, isn't it? It's yeah. it's satisfying that user rather than doing it for just the sake of it. Absolutely. Uh, and our final prediction, which we've already touched on, was that nothing would change the fundamentals. Uh, and I think it's safe to say, even after several algorithm updates this year, as you said earlier, Ed, that's still true. That's that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, I think that will, to, to the certain extent of basic crawling and indexing and what Google would see as like, um, I guess authorship uh, accreditation and just understanding what's worthy of ranking um, yeah. I think always trying to be the best in class if you aim for that goal you should it should help, yeah put you in good stead and I think there will be like adaptions to algorithms over the year things will be added but I think we can always say that we will we can always predict that fundamentals of search will never change yeah and we can revisit that next year and see if it's still true but I'm sure it will be <laughs> Um, cool. So for our final section, we'll come on to um, what we think is going to be important in 2022. Uh, and as we've tried to do with this whole episode, these aren't just shot in the dark predictions. These are things that actually we really think SEOs should be focusing on some practical things that you can look at and also things that you just might want to take into consideration in your strategies and your reporting over the coming months. Um, so Liv, I'll start with you. Um, what are the big things that you expect to see, the big topics and the big areas you'll be looking at for 2022? So for me in this year, what I I just want to draw on topics that we've already kind of discussed really, but just kind of highlight them um, more so. So again, we spoke about the infinite scroll. It's currently in the US, but I imagine this year we'll see it rolled out further afield and hopefully in the UK as well. So yeah. I think that's going to be really exciting this year because it will be really interesting to see how it's going to affect click-through rate. And I think it will just be a nice thing to be able to share with clients and let them yeah. know that this, how this has significantly changed. Because a lot of the time we refer to SEO and we refer to search results as page one, page two. And though obviously there will still be, I guess, you know, we'll still refer to the different ranking positions and how that might relate to a rough guide of where the page is. Yeah. You know, this does effectively does change how we will be reporting and sharing on metrics. The yeah. other thing I think you've already you've already touched on, but I guess in terms of Google editing title tags, again, you know, we shouldn't be getting too up in arms and too stressed about these updates that Google give. But it's about just being strategic with it. So, like Ed, as you were saying, having those cool Google Sheets functions to pull in. Um, title tags or looking at them manually as well not putting all of your eggs in one basket when it comes Mm. to hoping that a you know really sharp targeting in a title tag will do the trick you know it's a lot more than just that if you want to get your clients ranking and we could potentially see it get worse so I guess it's just one of those things that we have to keep an eye on yeah I think to build on on that I think one of my predictions for next year will be that something else is going to change in in search results that we maybe can't quite foresee what that will be yet which makes this a bit of a fluffy prediction so sorry about (laughs) that but like we we i think title tag rewrites it's fair to say came out of the blue for most of us this year um and with infinite scroll coming in we've already seen changes to more visual search results i wonder i wonder what's next i suppose there aren't too many more things google can change but i i expect something to change um and it would be interesting to look back and see if that was the case and just what the next what the next big thing will be, because there will be a big thing. So so what is it? That's, that's always exciting. Um, Ed, what about you? Where what do you think will be important in the coming year? 
Cool. So I think my first one would be a further focus on authorship and entities. I think authorship has been a, a key focus for anyone creating, you know, content or websites investing in content over the, the past few years and making sure that they have a name to that that piece of content and that they actually can build that profile up on the on the internet. We I think authors can be rec- recognized as entities if they're being featured across websites or linked to or mentioned. I think Google and search engines have an understanding of what that content is associated to will will be key. And then I also think with entities around brands, understanding, you know, who's popular in what space and are they Mm. good for it? And I think um, even like the impact of brand search, if people are, you know, seeing a a, a demand associated towards a query, such as like brand plus product, I think that, um, you know, influences search results so much now. Um, And I also think a potential for fact checking in this space as well. So in the you know, during the pandemic, but even previous that uh, elections around the world, it wouldn't surprise me. And especially with like a lot of uh, tech companies now investing and making sure, especially like social media, making sure that they're only really like displaying uh, information that has been fact checked. Um, And I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the next few years. I don't, maybe not this year, uh, sorry, not next year, essentially though, is introducing, especially if there were like elections or some Mm -hmm. kind of bigger world event, if, if there's some kind of, I don't know, reference to kind of fact checking or something that they probably do and have invested in now is making sure, um, yeah, that's something that works in the back end to make sure um, no articles or pages or anything like that are performing in, in key areas where it hasn't, you know, isn't necessarily displaying the, the correct information. Yeah. I think, again, quick one on this is just I think algorithm updates will be a regular theme throughout the year. So we, we're kind of shocked how many were, mm. were in 2021. I think it would just be a common thing going into 2022. It wouldn't surprise me if there is a, a similar amount going into this year. I think what we, as years go by, there's just so much that changes with the internet now, how quickly, how much stuff goes mm. live, websites, investment pages, new URLs. I think Google needs to, unless they feel like they have a hold on it or I think, you know, regular algorithm updates will be just a common thing in order to get their grasp of what they're ranking in search engines. Yeah, I think um, introductions of more visual SERPs, I think we're already seeing this anyway, especially I've certainly seen in the UK when we start searching for more like product-based terms. I've seen, um, especially in the home and garden space, more like images being presented in SERPs. It wouldn't surprise me if the kind of e-commerce search in general, you know, again, I would, I'm going to predict this for 2022, but I think it will come in, you know, regardless of that in the next few years is actually more visual searches to help buyers navigate through products. I think, it, you know, I think that's something that would certainly help users explore the e-commerce space rather than just text. They want to see these these images straight away, I think, especially in the in the the, the, the basic SERPs. Yeah. Um, again, unfortunately for you, Ben, I think AI content will continue to rise, maybe not from, you know, from successful SERPs. I mean, I think we certainly see that today, but I think tools that will be coming out will use this as a feature. I think we've already seen a yeah. lot already, but I think we'll start to see a continuation of SaaS companies that offer a kind of AI-generated content um, I, yeah, I, product offering. Just to jump in here quickly, I do think, uh, I don't want this, but I do think 2022 <laughs> will be a year where we do start to see, maybe not on a consistent basis, but AI content appearing in search results and being something that we're actually competing with. Um, yeah. I think that that will be, maybe you know, 2022 might be too early for that to be widespread, but I, I would, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we see some of it. Yeah, definitely. And then finally, my last two, um, I think user engagement and signals will become um, a, a factor recognized by Google. I think it is already a factor into why wouldn't you use CTR? And I've certainly seen the impact of it just through testing and uh, and other case studies across the web. But I think at some point, Google will recognize and advise, well, look to display that uh, people that are interacting with a, a web, you know, a, a search listing or um, an image or anything like that, that how your website is displayed within Google, um, I think they will highlight that that can have a benefit on you and, and, and put that in some form of documentation within 2022. Uh, 2022. Yeah. And then lastly, I think investment in multimedia content. So not so much from search engines or Google. I think savvy companies that have an, uh, an extensive content library or know that they invest a lot in content that performs well in search, I think mortar, you know, creating a mortar with this with investment in multimedia content, such as like imagery and video, 
um, will help strengthen their content and especially with the introduction of mum in terms of mm. Google understanding this content more thoroughly. I think this will be a wise investment from there. So not just kind of resting on your laurels, but actually invested in content, not just from text, but investing in, um, I guess, the creative on that content, but the informational with that be, you know, audio to support it or video to support it will go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Some really good points there. Thanks, Ed. Uh, I don't want to add too much onto the end of that because there was a lot of predictions that we've thrown out here already. But one thing I did just want to mention to watch, uh, I, maybe this is less practical than some of what we've said, but um, over 2021, there were lots of examples of Google and other big tech companies getting into trouble with, um, or getting into legal trouble ultimately with governments. There was stories early in 2021 of Facebook having to pay for news, uh, Facebook and Google having to pay for news in Australia. Um, and there are various sort of anti-competition lawsuits and things like that going on. Uh, and one link that I'll post uh, in the write-up we do with this podcast um, is actually only only just updated by the government, uh, the UK government, on the 14th of December uh, 2021, um, talking about looking into competition um, and sort of um, the competition and markets opportunity, looking into, as they put it, concerns that Apple and Google have too much control over operating systems and web browsers that together form their ecosystems. Um, this is kind of adjacent to search, but if but we know that you know, Google Chrome, uh, is, especially on mobile, is a big way into people searching on Google. Um, we know that Apple are also investing into their own uh, search engine at the moment. And I think the outcome of investigations like this um, and possibly more restrictions being put in place on big tech companies um, could have a knock-on impact on search and i don't know what that'll look like yet i don't know how much that will really affect us but maybe it'll mean in the long term a diversifying in where our traffic comes from or maybe the big tech companies will just come through this unscathed and nothing will change we don't know yet but there are increasingly stories of this sort of thing going on and of governments and private individuals um becoming unhappy with the way that these companies operate and attempting to seek legal means uh, to restrain them. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But I'll add a couple of links into those so that you can have a look if that's something you're interested in. Uh, and that just about does it. We've crammed a lot there into the first episode of 2022. So I hope everyone listening found that useful and interesting. Um, and we'll be back as normal in future weeks with uh, topics going into, into more depth on individual topics as we usually do. Uh, we've already got a couple of great guests lined up for the next uh, couple of episodes. Um, and we're excited to see what more we can bring you over 2022. Um, but in the meantime, as always, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review for us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and also check out the write-ups that we do of these podcasts on the Impression blog too. Uh, where we post some of the resources that we talk about in the episodes. Um, but if you want to chat to us, uh, send in any questions or generally see what's going on, uh, you can find the three of us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Ben J. Gary with two R's. Uh, Ed is at Ed JTW with two D's. And Liv is at SEO Livia May, uh, all one word. Uh, and if you can't wait for your next helping of content from us, then check out impression.co.uk slash blog. Uh, that's where you'll find the algorithm update blogs that I mentioned at the top of the episode. Uh, and you'll also find content not just on SEO, but also PPC, digital PR, digital strategy, uh, and much more going on from people around uh, the business. Uh, and we also will continue to recommend that you check out womenintechseo.com slash speakers, which is a fantastic way to find more people who are speaking and writing about the kind of topics that we discuss. Well, there we go. Liv and Ed, thank you very much for joining me for the first episode of the year. It was great to have you here. Yeah. Thank you both. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for your next instalment of On Page Conversations. So goodbye, everyone, and happy new year.